Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, so today we are going to talk about a very natural reaction um, to meeting with your client for the first time. So today we're going to cover how to get over those first meeting jitters. And when we say first meeting, what do we mean, Kate? That, well, both the discovery call when you're like freaking out that someone replied to your pitch and you're like, ah! screw it up. I want to make sure that I land this client. Um, but also then if you land the client that first kind of, um, and you know, depending on the process and how it goes for you, that filling out the creative brief and making sure you get all the information that you need and freaking out and thinking, I want to nail this project and knock it out of the park. How do I get everything I need to ensure I do that? And I think both of those feelings for those calls are very similar in that you're very, very excited, but also quickly go into panic mode. Exactly. I think most people are are surprised to discover that when they land their first client, it's first this moment of like, oh my God, yes. Very quickly followed by, yeah. oh my God, I have oh, to do this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that does go away eventually in general. Um, it You will get much more comfortable. First of all, you'll get used to landing clients and you'll get used to doing these calls, but it's perfectly natural to be nervous before those first calls with the clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, are you still nervous at all? I feel like there's a piece of me that's still has that feeling of, Ooh, it's a brand new client. If it's someone I've never worked with before and have no, you know, no connection with from, from a mutual contact, it's that feeling of, Ooh, I really, I want to be on my A game. And so you feel a little, at least I do. I feel a little like, Ooh, I need to, you know, let's get fired up for this and like, you know, be on my A game. Not that I want to be on my A game for every client, but I think a little bit. 
I think I think I'm over it. And then right before the call, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm talking to a stranger. I don't know this person. They don't know that I know what I'm doing. Or maybe they they know that I know what I'm doing, but they don't know. You know, I know that whatever work they give me, I can do it and I can do it well, but they don't know that yet. So I have to get on the call and figure out a way to convey this to them, which is what we all have to do, right? Um, So yeah, absolutely. Even though we've been doing it for a while, there's still that moment of like, oh, I'm talking to somebody new. Yep. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so what does that what does yeah. that discovery call entail? Right, like just so where everybody's clear on what the process is and what the calls we're talking about actually are. When does that happen, and what does it entail? Yeah, the discovery call I would say is usually when I would say it is when <laughs> someone responds to your pitch. You want to get them on the call. You want to get them on the phone so that you can figure out, um, you know, depending on how they reply to your pitch too, maybe they're interested in your pitch. Maybe they have another idea. You want to get on the phone and talk about what challenges are they facing? What, what direction is the company going in? Um, talk about your original pitch if that's kind of what they were interested in. And if not, you know, pivot and have the other ideas in your back pocket that you have to say, okay, you know, it sounds like this might be a higher priority based on your challenges and what you're going through. So it's really getting to know the client, getting to know if you're a good fit, um, just as much for you as for them. So if you can reframe it like that of, you know, I'm getting on the call, but I want to know that this is a good project for me and for them then it helps you kind of relax a little bit of not feeling, um, putting so much pressure on yourself that you have to take this because Mm -hmm. you don't, if you get on the call and you think, Ooh, I don't know that I'm the best person for them. Or maybe, you know, they don't have their act together, which is, you know, a common one where I'm like, I don't think so. I got to get off this call. I don't want to work right for this person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's really a getting to know you call. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that going into this, just hearing this initially, um, copywriters might be thinking like, oh my God, but then I'm going to have to come up with all these ideas on the call. And that's not at all what this is about because you did your work and you put together a really great pitch that had a great idea in it and did some thinking about additional ideas. um, You're already going to have ideas to discuss with the client, but also a big part of this, it's called discovery because you are going to be asking the client questions or your potential client questions and finding out more about their business. And it's likely that they will have some ideas of what they need help with, or you two may come up with ideas together, or you may say, all right, you know, I'd like to think about this more and, and send you some more ideas after the call, but it's, it's really discussing things that you've already thought of. So it's not you like having to be brilliant on the spot and just asking your clients questions about what they're working on, what they need help with, what their challenges are, all that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the best thing about the discovery call is that it's really, you know, after you've asked all those questions, you've got a ton of information and you don't have to process all of it in the moment. You want to take that back and, and tell the client, say, you know, Hey, I'm going to take a look at my notes here. I've got a lot of great notes and I'll come back to you with kind of a project proposal and, and a pricing for the work. Um, if that's kind of how you end the call of like, okay, what's, what's the next steps, you know, yes, I want to work, work with you, or maybe they're unsure. And you can say, you know, Hey, I'll put together what I think would be a great, you know, first project or first couple of projects, um, with the pricing and get that to you. 
by, I would say, you know, if it's end of day, next day, try to do it within, you know, a reasonable time frame. I would say 24 hours. Um, and then once you send that over, you know. Balls in their court. Yeah. Yeah. I think the important thing to remember is that, you know, we get so nervous getting into these calls and we feel like we need to not perform, but we yeah, need to yeah. be at our highest level. And we're, we're hoping that they are going to uh, want to work with us when we forget that we still have a lot of, a lot of power and authority and expertise. And the thing is clients are not experts at being clients. They're experts at whatever business they have and whatever they do. So they may get into this and they may have never even worked with a copywriter before. They don't Mm -hmm. know what the process is. You know, one of the things not to get off on a tangent, but um, one of the things that we hear a lot is I was talking to this potential new client. The first thing they asked me about was how much it was going to cost before they even told me about the project. Um, um, and of course that's the first thing they ask because they don't know what else to ask. They have no concept of, of what it takes to create copy and what mm-hmm. it takes to go into a project. So as copywriters, it's our job to guide them through the process. And like Kate was saying to say, okay, great. This sounds fantastic. I have some good ideas of what we, what we want to work on. Maybe you have a really definitive idea of what project they want to work on. And you take that back and say, this is fantastic. I just want to take uh, a look at my notes. Um, you do never price on the call. You do not need to do that unless you came into it with a very specific idea and they agreed on that exact specific idea, then if you have a price for that because you've already thought about it, then yes, you can give it to them on the call, but you don't need to. And what's more likely is that your idea will have evolved a bit and it'll you want added different things or anything like that. You don't have to give a price on the call. You can say, like we're saying, let me take a look at my notes. Let me go through all this. Just make sure I include everything we need to include. Then I'm going to send along a project proposal. And that project proposal will include a very detailed um, description of the project, the date when you're going to get it to them, and the price. And then you let them know that you're going to get it to them by, like Kate was saying, end of day is great mm-hmm. or like noon tomorrow, something like that. Yeah, depending on the I time t- you call. If exactly. If it's a 5 p.m. call, you don't have to do it that night. But you could. So it's first mm-hmm. thing in their inbox. I mean, yeah. Well, and one of the reasons too, that it's a good idea, first of all, it's a good idea to tell them when they're going to get the proposal because it helps set their expectations. You're guiding them along the process and clients love that. They love knowing what's happening next and when it's happening and all that kind of stuff. But by the way, as I can tell you as someone who puts this stuff off like crazy, it's good to give yourself a deadline. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's good to give yourself a shorter deadline too. You know, if you're having a two o'clock call and you say by end of day, you get off the call and you're like, oh, I can't mess around. I need to actually put together this proposal and do the work. It's so funny that, that because pricing is, is can be a little bit more, it's not an exact science. Like we always say that it's definitely one of the things that I personally tend to love to put off. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But to your point, it's so much better to say, okay, you know, take the two o'clock call. I'm going to do it by 5 p.m. Okay, I need to get it off my plate and get it out of my brain. And then I don't have to dwell on it for the next 24 hours and be like, oh, did I, you know, should I do it higher? Like you kind of have an idea. So go with it, get it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if it, if they don't, they don't accept it. You, that's not the end of the call either, or the end of the discussion. You know, you can still say, oh, okay, you know, if it's too high, determine whether you want to move forward with that or not. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not. 
It's exactly. It's I love all. that. It's yeah. not the end of the conversation. Just pick a price. Do, you know, figure it out, figure out how long it's going to take you to edit and write and do client meetings and all that kind of stuff. Factor all that in. Um, but it's, it's just, and then put your price in the email and send it out. Yep. And that's a good thing that a deadline can give you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why these calls, especially if you haven't done one yet or you've only done a couple, there's so many variables. So the best way to get over kind of these these feelings and jitters and ah feeling is to just do more and more and more of them. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to get more comfortable and to realize there's no way we could possibly play out every scenario you're going to face on a call. Exactly. Um, every client is going to have probably a set of similar questions, maybe. Um, but also, you know, I still get curveballs from clients and not bad ones. They're just questions that I didn't think that a client would ask. Um, but again, to Nikki's point, we're in the driver's seat. So kind of guiding them. Um, and if you don't have an answer to something on the call, you can say, I'm going to... I've written that down. Let me get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not feeling like you have to, in the moment, you know, answer right away. Or even, you know, um, taking a minute to breathe and pause and then say, okay. You know, it, it feels a lot longer to us that we're we're having silence on, on the call, but it's not actually that bad ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to know everything on a call. And a client doesn't necessarily expect you to know no. everything on a call. If you get something, like Kate was saying, if you get something that you're like, oh, I don't know that, all you have to do is say, you know what, that's a great question. Let me look into that and get back to you. And then if you're one of our students, hop over to the Facebook group and be like, guys, <laughs> what does this mean? Exactly. And then you know, you get hundreds of people giving you feedback or yep. giving you giving you answers. Um, but yeah, don't ever feel too pressured to answer questions you don't know the answer to because that's never going to end well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't feel pressured to give a price either. There's no client that you would ever want to work with. There's no client that would ever be like, no, you need to tell me the price right now. There's no client yeah. that would do that. Most clients are like, that's super. They know when they're going to get the price from you. And they know you're giving it some good thought, which is important. Yeah, uh, and you're basing it on what you've just talked about versus just pulling a number out and saying, well, I only do websites starting at this price. So here it is. Mm-hmm. They know that it's tailored to them and what you just, it's customized. It's its built for them and what they need, not just pulled out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And clients appreciate that. Yeah. A hundred percent. So input calls, which I know we mentioned that earlier, kind of a similar Oh, I got the project now. I need to deliver the best copy ever. <laughs> <laughs> so that first call, you know, your kind of kickoff call, um, similar feelings. So what do we do to make sure we can kind of go in and <sighs> breathe? So the important thing to remember about the input call is it's kind of similar to the discovery call, except even more so that you're asking a bunch of questions. The whole point about the input call, because the input call happens after you've sent through your proposal to your client and your client says, yes, I love this. Let's move forward with this. You say, okay, great. Let's set up a call so I can ask you all the questions I need to ask you to understand this project. 
And so the input call is really just you asking questions about your client, about the company, about the goals, about the project. And as our students know, we have, you know, our full creative brief and lists of questions and you can find them on the Filthy Rich Writer website too. Um, But it's really about digging in and asking as many questions as possible to make sure you understand this project, you understand the goals of the project, you understand the brand voice, you understand the target audience, you understand words that the target audience uses. Um, you words they don't use. Words they don't use. Great point. Um, you want to get deep into this project so you understand as much as you possibly can. And don't ever be afraid to ask questions as well. Because actually, as you ask questions and your client gives you answers, it should probably create more questions. More questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kate, if a client uses a term that you are not familiar with, how would you ask, would you and how would you, would you and how would you? <laughs> kind of leading yes. question, isn't it? <laughs> I would. Hint, um. hint. <laughs> there's a wrong answer here. Um, no, but yeah, absolutely. I would. And, and, um, I think the key, especially when you're starting out, you're, you have this fear of, I don't want to come across as being, um, dumb, really, you know, you want the client to feel like, you know, you are a solid copywriter and you are an expert copywriter, but that doesn't mean, you know, every term and it doesn't mean every organization uses the same terms. Um, they might have a slightly different way of saying things or, um, you know, maybe it is a term you've heard and you just forgot. It's okay. Just, I would say, oh, hey, you know, you were, sorry to interrupt. Um, you mentioned whatever the term was. Oh, what does that mean for for you? What does that mean to you? Um, and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, you don't even have to say, I don't know what that is or, you know, just get get that clarification because mm-hmm. the, the sooner you get clarification, um, A, the better, but also then the client sees you're not afraid to to ask these questions, that you're not just rolling with it and smiling and nodding, saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then going back and and maybe not able to find the answer later because if it's in an internal term that they're using, even, we might not even know. We might have an idea of, hey, it sounds like this, but yeah, so but the only person who knows for sure is your client. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's so much internal lingo and they forget often that, you know, not everyone is speaking speaking their language. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, Kate, but I've worked with some clients, um, generally more technology side or sometimes business side, um, where they I'll ask them to explain something to me and I still don't get it. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. A lot of technology. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, mm, no. So then, but you have to keep asking until you do. Yep. So I will sometimes say like, okay, um, I'm hearing some words that I know there. How would you explain this to me if I were your grandmother? Yep. Or how would you explain to yep. me if I were a five-year-old child? I use Make the it five as simple as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a son or a daughter? How, what do you tell them that you do? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget. I did a, a project about robotic robotic process automation. I couldn't explain to you what it is now, um, <laughs> but you knew at the time. Yeah, it took a lot of digging to say, "Hey, are these terms your audience is familiar with? The buyer who's coming to this site, or do we need to make this, you know, slightly different for for the folks, this, whoever the stakeholder is that's pulling out the credit card and saying yes, we want to go forward with with your software or your technology." Um, and so making, such a great point. Yeah, because there's so many terms that the end user, the person who is knee deep in technology and using this product, 
might understand, but they might not be the ones coming to the website or reading the emails or um, the ones pulling out that credit card to say, yes, our company is going to move forward with this, especially Mm -hmm. within larger organizations where, um, you know, not everyone has a company card and is going (laughs) to say, hey, we need this. Um, Yeah. So making sure you know, because they might not know. The client might think, yes, this is how we talk and say, yes, this is how you talk, but is this how folks on the outside? Your target and, audience. Will yeah. your target audience understand that? Well, and then too, but there's a different, so there, sometimes you're, you're taking their language and translating it to yourself so you understand and then translating it to the target audience yes. if they don't use the yes. same terms as the company. But sometimes there will be the same terms, you know, and you'll say, they'll explain something to you and you'll go, okay, um, I need you to explain that to me. And you'll say, are these terms that the target audience uses? And they'll be like, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're dealing with whatever. I was going to make up a role, but what's the point? We're, this is, these are terms that the target audience uses, but you can't just take those terms and put in your copy if you don't understand them. Mm-hmm. So you need to get those terms from your client, translate them so that you understand them and you can use them appropriately in your copy. There's yeah, it's just like never anything a, wrong with asking questions. Yeah, yeah. It's like learning a new vocabulary word in, in English. Like I remember learning conflagration, which <laughs> that was a vocab word, <laughs> but it's the same thing where you're like, a great word. How do I use it in a sentence? Mm-hmm. Same thing with, with your clients. How do I use this in a sentence and, and come across authentically? Um, because people will see right through if you, if you don't, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but absolutely yeah, always ask questions. Questions never hurt anything. Yes. And you know, you want to ask as many questions as possible in this input call. So you under you, so you leave the call feeling like you, you have a really good understanding, but at the same point too, if you are, you know, the next day or the day after you started to dig in and start to write the copy and you think, Oh, I wonder this, or I wonder that, or I have this here, but mm-hmm. what, what does that Ask them too. Your client is never going to, unless you don't ask the questions the initial call and then you're sending 10,000 emails afterwards to ask these questions, that's going to be annoying. But if you did a really thorough input call and then you have a couple of questions after that, no client is ever going to have a problem with that. They know that you need to understand this and they want you to understand it so that you can write great copy for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think the other thing too is you might have to ask the same question multiple different ways. Um, You know, you might ask, "Hey, what's what's the benefit to your consumers?" And they might be like, "Well, they get um, they get a big screen TV." Okay, what what is so great about this big screen TV? And keep digging and digging and digging until you feel like, okay, we've gotten to a point where here's here's kind of what this company offers that's Mm -hmm. maybe different than another company or. yeah, you know. that, yeah, that's a great point. That's talking about terms that are used in some places, not others. Like benefit to consumer as copywriters, that's a term that we use. But when you say what's the benefit to them, they may list out a bunch of features to you because mm-hmm. they're not used to thinking in those terms. You yep. know, one of the great things about an input call is not only does it it give you clarity as a copywriter, but it really helps forces your client to get clarity as well, to think through things they may not have actually 
thought through before. Mm-hmm. You know, who is your target audience? They may have some idea of that, but as you dig deeper into it, it's like, okay, so are they at this point in the customer journey or are they, you know, mm-hmm. are they ready to purchase or are they just thinking about purchasing? They're like, oh, I actually guess at this step, they're just thinking about purchasing, but they're not ready. To, you know, it's so talking this through is, is actually, I want, I want to be very clear that this is, you're not, um, this is not an imposition call. Um, it's an important part of the process, but you're also really benefiting your client by forcing them to think this stuff through and get very clear on this. Yeah. Um, and it, actually you. that's part of the discovery call too, is forcing yeah. them to think through a project and figure out exactly what the goals are and, and how it will benefit their company. Yeah, absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've been on a call, probably like every call and they're like, Ooh, we hadn't thought about that yet. Let us get back to you. And it's like, okay. Um, and it might mm-hmm. put the project on hold for certain things because they, you know, hadn't, I kind of, you're uncovering all the boxes. You're, you're digging and making sure you've kind of flipped every lid and kind of looked into everything mm-hmm. so that you have all the information you need, but then they, your client gets their act together because they're yeah. not necessarily coming in with their act together all the time. In fact, they're often not. <laughs> More often than not, um, we love clients, but you know, um, and and that's a great point. And it's not even like amazing, insightful things that you're asking because you have been doing this for so long. It can literally sometimes be like, okay, so where do they go after they click on this button? Mm -hmm. And your client goes, oh, wow. You know, or you say, all right, so they, they want to purchase. How are they going to get to the the purchase? Like, oh yeah, it's a great question. So it's not even necessarily like expertise that you've developed it's okay well if they're not if they're not they're just discovering this they've just discovered you and they're not yet ready to purchase I'm not sure it makes the most sense to send them to the purchase page maybe it would be make more sense to send them to more information about this product Mm -hmm. before purchasing and which as marketers were like and and copywriters like yeah well you know, it's what you do. If they're not ready to purchase, don't send them to the purchase page. But for people, especially clients are so close to what they're doing that mm-hmm. they, you know, they're just chugging along every day and they're, they're doing what they need to do. Um, we, as their, their partners, their expert partners can be the ones to step in and go, actually, let's, let's, let's take a look at that for a second before we just keep chugging along. Let's take a look at that and make sure we're doing the right thing there. Yeah. Being an outsider is often a superpower where you have a fresh perspective and that they don't have. They, 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 it's impossible for them, you know, depending on no matter how long they've been working there, working within a company, that's kind of what they do every day and what they know. They're so absorbed. They're not necessarily looking at their competitors. Hopefully they are, uh, but they're, they're so in, invested in what they're doing that they forget to kind of step outside that and take a, a higher view. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it may be you saying, well, I'm sure I want to do this. And frankly, sometimes your client may go, yeah, that's, that's what I've been told to do. And so that's what we're doing, especially at a bigger yeah. corporation. Yeah, that can happen. Yeah. And yep. you know what? It's your client is still the one in charge. Um, still, they're still the one who's paying for it. So in that case, you can say, okay, I think what I would recommend in this case would be to do this. But if, you know, if you, that's not the way you want to go, we'll do it this way. You do always want to let them know what you would recommend, 
even if that's not what they go with, because you are the expert, it's your job to talk about what you recommend. Um, but at the end, the end of the day, it is your client that's, that's paying for the copy. That's going to own the copy. So there is kind of that, that you don't want to fight your client ever. You want to make recommendations and you want to explain why you're making recommendations. Um, but, and that's throughout the process really once the copy is written and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing too, but it's, it's, you being an expert, but at the end of the day, also collaborating with your client and, and knowing that is their, their project, they're going to be paying for it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when they end the input call, how do they end the input call? How do we end the input call? Yeah, good question. I like to review kind of, if I filled out the creative brief in the process, just kind of go over the main points of it to say, hey, here's what I've kind of got down for the tone. Does that sound right? Is there anything I'm missing? Um, here's the main call to action, the main action we want people to take. Does that sound, you know, get everyone on the same page. So when you walk away, everyone's kind of, yep, check. This is this is our what we're working from because it's going to be what you're working from and what you keep referencing back to. So mm-hmm. making sure that everyone feels good, nothing was missed um, because off so often, you know, depending on how many people are in a meeting, I think the more people that are in there, the, the um, easier it gets to miss something um, or for something to slip through or for something to someone to say something and maybe you heard something different or maybe the whole room heard something different. Um, so reading things back and, and making sure you can catch anything that maybe was, was slightly off or miscommunicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once that's all done saying, okay, so this is the information I have. I'm going to get started writing mm-hmm. this. Um, I'm going to deliver the first draft of copy by X date, whatever you guys agreed on. And then yeah. I would say personally, if it is, if it's longer than a week in between, you do a, like a check-in, just shoot them an email halfway through to say, Hey, I just wanted to let you know if you don't, if you haven't sent questions, just let them know that you're working on it. Things are looking good and, and you're looking forward to sending it through to them. Um, I yeah, did. Like, oh, go ahead. Ooh. I was going to say on timelines, mm-hmm. good thing to get on the same page too within that meeting, because if they, so for example, say it's a, an email that they know they need to send X date, or it's a web page that they want to go live on X date, working back to say, okay, how much time do you think you need? I prefer to kind of do a first draft a little bit faster than, you know, give myself more time for any revisions just to make sure, you know, it's you have that time. You're not scrambling 24 hours before mm-hmm. they need to go live with, with your revisions. Yeah. Especially with a newer client. If you don't yeah. know what their revision style is or what kind of changes mm-hmm. they tend to make, that's a great point. Give plenty of time for revisions. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, we didn't mention, but that I think is very key, and I'm reminded by this little flashing red button in the corner of my screen, is that you oh, yeah. can record these calls. If you, I mean, obviously let your client know, just say, hey, you know, I'm going to be recording this call just for my own information. I can also send the recording to you afterwards if you'd like. I'm not going to share it anywhere. Um, no client is ever going to have a problem with that. Um, but you can absolutely and probably should. Mm-hmm. Uh, record both the, the at least the input call, um, the discovery call too. If they're if they're open to it, you know, if you're talking through the details of a project, it's not a terrible idea. And you can record. There is um, there are apps that you can use to record if you're taking an actual phone call. Um, the one I use is called I think Tape a Call. 
Um, but I'm sure there are several of them. And uh, if you're doing a call with a client on Zoom or something like that, all you have to do is hit that record button and then um, it's safe to the cloud or to your computer. But that way too, and you should still be taking notes, absolutely be taking notes. Yes, never rely on technology. <laughs> yes, right? Because then the worst thing, if you're relying on technology and then the, it doesn't work or it only yep. records your side of the conversation, yeah. um, which is almost totally useless, um, then you also have your notes as well. But the, the best scenario is to have your notes and to have this recording in case you need to go and get you. Personally, I have terrible handwriting. So I'll look back at my notes and be like, what does that word say? <laughs> I know that was an important word. And then you can go back to the recording and then see what it was. Um, and sometimes too, clients, uh, I have plenty of clients that are like, oh, wow, yeah, that was great. Or, or oh, yeah, and no, I think we do want to do it that way. Can you send me this recording? Because mm-hmm. they will have had uh, a revelation or, or something along those lines on the call and they want to be able to review it back as well. So it's, it's in a way, sometimes that recording being able to send that recording to them is almost like an extra, an extra bonus that you're giving to your client. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So input discovery calls and input calls. Yes. At least for the first several years and maybe into your 10th and 15th year uh, and beyond. Um, yeah, you probably get nervous beforehand, um, but that's totally natural, completely natural. And the thing I'd is, be is that more nervous if you weren't nervous, nervous for you if you weren't nervous. I think nerves show that you care, you're excited, you're invested. If you weren't nervous, then I don't, I, are you human? <laughs> <laughs> What is that secret? What is that like? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I agree. It's it's it is natural. It is so completely natural. And yeah, you you should be a little bit nervous because you want to be doing your best. Um, but I think too, you'll see once you get on the call and once you're in the conversation and once you're listening to the answers they give you and asking questions on both the discovery call and the input call, um, it's it's just a conversation. And for the discovery call, you're talking about ideas, you're asking some questions, and you two are trying to discover if you're good fits for each other. And then on the input call, you've gotten the job. So now you're just trying to learn everything that you can possibly know um, or everything that you could possibly need to know about the project. You can do this. Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time.